Here, would you uh, turn with me to the book of Colossians, chapter 3. And I'm reading from verse 1. Colossians, chapter 3, and reading from verse 1. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. But now you must rid yourself of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Greek or Jew, uncircumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion Kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and administer one another with all wisdom. And as you sing psalms, hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Giving thanks to God the Father through him. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for your word and our prayer this morning is as as we look into your word, you will speak into our hearts and into our lives. We pray that as we read your word and look into your word, that you will challenge us and change us and that you will continue to model us and make us in the image of your Son, Jesus Christ. So speak, we pray, through the power of your Holy Spirit, working in and through us, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Today we are uh, continuing... Uh, the series that we started a couple of weeks ago, uh, thinking about everyday disciples. 
And uh, you'll uh, recall that uh, uh, we're facing this uh, series on, uh, first of all, the fact that it's the uh, part of the Baptist Union strategy, uh, which is centred on the theme of uh, encouraging missionary disciples. And then also on uh, Mark Green's uh, work, which is uh, about whole life discipleship. Whole life discipleship. And uh, Mark Green, um, who works for the uh, Contemporary Christian Institutes, uh, talks about in a video clip that we're going to show you, uh, another person who was equipped uh, for mission. And we've got a little video clip that we're going to show you now. My name is Mark Green, and I used to work in advertising. So you can trust every word you get from me. Now I work for the London Institute for Contemporary Christianity, where we're concerned about one overall issue, which is, well, let me illustrate from the life of probably the most admired person in post-Second World War British culture. The person who is guaranteed to save the world once every three years. where we're thinking about everyday disciples because we want uh, as Christians to be resourced and to be equipped 
for the mission that God has given us. And in this series, uh, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to equip uh, the disciples of Jesus Christ for everyday life. And so that's where we get our theme for everyday disciples. Uh, We started by thinking about establishing everyday disciples. And uh, we talked about what sometimes is referred to as the sacred-secular divide. This idea that uh, we divide our lives into the spiritual things that we do on a Sunday and uh, the rest of the week. And uh, sometimes we do this without thinking about it. Uh, unconsciously, we tend to uh, divide things into two camps. And in this series, what we're trying to remind people is that every day of the week, uh, we are called to be disciples. And then uh, last week, we were thinking about encouraging everyday disciples. We were thinking about how we can spur one another on, how we can build each other up by looking at God's word and by being an encouragement to one another, by using encouraging words. And uh, do you remember I gave you that little challenge at the end of last week to see how long you could go for uh, without complaining? And uh, one or two of you have, have shared uh, the minutes that you managed to uh, to get through before you complained. And uh, one person even asked me, uh, did it count if they thought a complaint in their head uh, but didn't actually speak it? And I thought that was a good thing. I thought that was a good thing. Uh, so we're thinking about encouraging uh, everyday disciples. And of course today we're thinking about equipping everyday disciples. Uh, giving people the right resources and equipment so that we can be disciples in the real world. And uh, that we can go out and that we can make a difference. Again, um, Mark Green in the, his book, uh, Imagine how we can reach the UK. He says this, the key to mission and social transformation in the UK and also globally is to equip Christians for where they are, not for where they are not. For where they have relationships, not where they don't. At the moment, many Christians are totally unaware of their potential to serve God where they are. They go to work, do a good job, try to be honest and dash home to the prayer meeting or to involve themselves in some church activity so that they can do something for God that day. And of course what we're saying is that we can do something for God every day. And uh, that we want to equip people uh, to be able to face the issues that you face in the real world. And so that what we do on a Sunday actually affects and impacts the rest of our weeks. That we go out feeling built up and ready to serve God wherever that might be. So what we're doing is uh, we're thinking about ways, we're thinking in a, a disciple centered thinking rather than a teacher centered thinking. It's not a question of me sharing what I know about God, but me trying to equip you to be able to serve God better in the place where you are. So there's questions like, what issues are you facing? You know, what issues uh, do you face during the course of the week? Uh, What is God calling you to do? Each one of us is called by God to serve God in a particular way. What knowledge are you lacking? What things do you need to know that would actually make you better equipped to be able to serve God? 
What skills do you need to acquire? Are there things that, uh, that we need to help you with to make you more able to be a missionary in the place where God has called you to serve? What questions are your friends asking? Sometimes the church is very good at answering the questions that nobody's asking. What are the questions that your friends ask you when you talk about God, when you talk about Jesus? What sort of questions do they ask you? And can we help you in being better able to answer those questions? And what resources would help you? Uh, we live in, a, in, a, in, a, in an age where there's so many different resources that are available to you. What sort of resources would help you? And what support do you need from your church? What support do you need to serve God uh, where you are? So do you see how this is a whole different way of thinking about how we live Christianly? The focus isn't on what we do here in church, but the focus is on how can we equip you to serve God in the world. Looking at these questions and answering some of these questions, uh, we might discover that we're struggling with the same sorts of issues. We might find out that, that the sort of questions you're being asked are the sort of questions that other people are also being asked about God. And you may not feel uh, equipped to, to give a good answer or to be able to speak about God in a way that really impacts other people's lives. We might discover that many of us don't really know how to share our faith very well. That uh, we feel quite uh, confident in church to speak about God, but once we get out there and we are alone, uh, somehow we feel less able to share our faith. And so how do we go about equipping everyday disciples? How do we go about equipping everyday disciples? Well, Paul in his passage, talks about the fact that we are to clothe ourselves. We are to clothe ourselves with certain things. Deciding what to wear. I don't know if it's a problem for you. Deciding what to wear. Uh, so some people it is a problem, and in case you think this is a bit sexist, uh, it's men sometimes struggle to decide uh, what to wear as well. Just couldn't decide which shirt to wear. <laughs> and of course it's not just about what we wear, it's about how we compliment and uh, speak about what other people wear. And uh, as a man, a married man for just 25 years, not in the same league as, uh, as, as Brian, but, uh, but in 25 years I've, I've learnt that uh, you have to be very careful uh, if you ask that question, you know, does this, this, this dress or this, uh, these trousers make me look good? You've got to be very careful about how you answer these questions, haven't we? Um, the message version of the Bible put the, puts a passage like this. So chosen by God for this new life of love, dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you. Dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you. The name on the label of our clothes uh, does actually matter. 
Labels mean a lot in clothes, don't they? Uh, some people even, you know, wear the sh- shirts uh, untucked so that you can actually see the label. Uh, terrible, terrible, isn't it? Um, but the label on our spiritual clothes really matters. The label on our spiritual clothes really matters. And if Jesus Christ isn't on the label of your spiritual clothes, then we're wearing the wrong clothes. I know what you're thinking. Uh, nobody's going to tell me how to dress. Uh, nobody's dressed me since I was a little child when my mother used to lay out the clothes for me. Uh, I want to pick what I'm going to wear and uh, nobody's going to tell me. But this isn't our mother uh, instructing us how to, what to wear or advising us what to wear. This is our Heavenly Father who's suggesting there is a wardrobe that uh, if we put on the clothes that he chooses will actually equip us to live the Christian life. Dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you. (laughs) What not to wear? Paul starts off really by telling us about clothes not to wear. And you know, since I've been in ministry, uh, I've had people that have advised me on my wardrobe, believe it or not. I suppose if you're daft enough to stand at the front of church every Sunday and people are looking at you, uh, they feel that they can uh, advise you on what to wear. And uh, people have given me all sorts of advice on what to wear or especially what not to wear. And there's probably some people here this morning that would love to pick out my wardrobe for me. Uh, I was at a, a minister's refresher conference only a couple of weeks ago when Paul Beasley Murray, who's celebrating 40 years in ministry and uh, was giving advice to us younger ministers, said that in his opinion, ministers should always wear a suit. There we go. Paul Beasley Murray. What not to wear? I might add a suit to that, but hey. What not to wear? Well, Paul... Uh, in the first part of uh, Colossians chapter 3, talks about the fact that there are certain things that we need to remove. You can't put um, new clothes on top of old clothes. You have to remove the old clothes before you can put on the new clothes. And uh, he says, but now you must rid yourself of all such things. And later on, in, in verse 11, Paul says talks about since you have taken off your old self with its practices. So there's some things that we need not wear. Some things that we need to take off. And Paul gives uh, a whole list of things. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, greed, anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language, lying. All these things, he says were things that belong to the old self and need to be removed. You know, sometimes people come up to me and uh, they'll be talking about issues and uh, they might say, you know, uh, this is just the way that I am. This is the way that God's made me. I am an angry person. And I always turn around and say, I don't really think that's the way God's made you. Uh, circumstances may have made you like that life might have made you like that but it isn't God that's made you like that because God wants to change us he wants to renew us and he wants to give us this new set of clothes but we do have a choice about whether we put them on and before we put on the new clothes we have to be prepared to take off the old clothes 
I don't know about you, I've got old clothes that, uh, that I just don't want to throw away. You know, that comfy pair of trainers uh, that has long seen its best days, that are really scruffy. And Sue says to me, you can't possibly wear those trainers, but I just don't want to get rid of them because they're so comfy. And sometimes there's things in our lives that if we're honest, we don't want to get rid of. Uh, we're quite comfortable. Some people are quite comfortable with the fact that they've got a bad temper. Uh, they can hide behind it. Some people uh, are even comfortable with lying because it helps them in certain circumstances to be less than truthful. And as some of these things that Paul listed, if we're honest, uh, we don't actually want to get rid of because we think in our ignorance that they're actually helpful. Whereas actually these things that Paul says we are to get rid of actually destroy us. As uh, Tom Wright uh, says, commenting on these, pra- these passages, he says, The practices Paul outlines in the early section result in communities, families, villages, whole towns tearing themselves apart on bridal sexual license and untamed angry speech, resulting in the breakdown of relationships at every level. These are things that we have to get rid of before we put on the clothes that Paul talks about that we should clothe ourselves with. What the thing we thought about what not to wear. So what are we to wear? What are the clothes that we are to put on? What clothes does God want us to wear? How does he want to equip us to serve him? Well, Paul says, therefore as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, Clothe yourself with. And then he gives us this wonderful list of things that we are to clothe ourselves with. Notice though, but first of all, that Paul says we are God's chosen people. Holy. That you and I are holy people. And, uh, you know, holy uh, has about it that idea of being set apart for a particular task. And you and I have been set apart by God to serve him in the place where we are, not where we aren't. And God wants us to serve him. He called the Colossians holy. And uh, holy doesn't mean pure. Holy means being set apart for a special purpose. People are set apart for a special purpose. They're to live differently from the rest of the people around them. They're to live pure lives. God chose you because he saw the potential in you to serve him. We're not to be like everybody else. We're not to dress like everybody else. It's great when, uh, when my kids have a, a non-uniform day. Oh gosh, and uh, if you think I have cr- struggled choosing which shirt to wear, you know, they're up at the crack of dawn trying so many different clothes on. But in a non-uniform day, if you look at the kids, they all go to dress to school in the same uniform because they desperately want to fit in. They desperately want to be like everybody else. And the danger is for us Christians is that as we get older, we're just the same. We desperately want to fit in where we are. And we don't want to be different. We don't want to stand out. And so if we're not careful, we can dress like everybody else. We can behave like everybody else because we don't want to stand out. And Paul says to the Colossians, and he would say to us, you know, you are a holy people. You're set apart. You are actually meant to be different. And then he goes on with this wonderful list about 
how we are to dress. It's not only me that thinks uh, a suit is just a little bit dressy for church. (laughs) What everyday disciples are to wear? What everyday disciples are to wear? Well, if you're wearing a t-shirt this morning, you're obviously in. But Paul gives us this list, and uh, it's a great list, isn't it? And uh, it talks about the fact that we are to be uh, compassionate. There are five items in the Christian wardrobe that Paul uh, says that we are to wear. That we are to be compassionate. Uh, Kindness. Uh, You know, there's something about uh, just being kind to people that still surprises people. Uh, You can still uh, uh, surprise people with Christian kindness. Just by by showing that kindness and generous spirit to people, it really makes people stop and uh, and pay attention. Uh, Paul talks about humility. Um, That idea of of not pushing ourselves forward and not uh, trying to be the best person, but actually uh, being humble. Uh, About gentleness. About being uh, gentle. That's a kind of a a characteristic uh, that sometimes people think isn't a good characteristic. But Paul lists it as one of these things that we need to clothe ourselves. We need to be gentle patients. And uh, we need to be patient. Well, we won't spend too much time on that one. And you know we could uh, we could go through these five items and, and study it and uh, unravel it and we could learn a lot about how to live the Christian life. Uh, you know we could spend uh, weeks on compassion, couldn't we? Thinking about uh, about being compassionate people. We could spend months on this idea of of, of being kind. Uh, we could spend a lifetime studying humility. Um, and uh, we, we could look at all these things, but Paul, uh, what he says is there's something um, that these things, if we clothe ourselves in, uh, they boil down and they can be summed up uh, by this one thing that uh, overrides them all, and that is love.